Hello and welcome to Unforsip's monthly podcast, Out Loud. My name is Ersin Ostojan and today I'm pleased to welcome Mark Connolly, who is the Programme Management Officer of the United Nations Mine Action Service, UNMAS in Cyprus. Before I proceed with the interview, I'd just like to share with you the objectives of UNMAS operations in Cyprus, which are to reduce the threat of landmines and explosive remnants of war, to contribute to confidence building measures, to facilitate a return to normal conditions, and to ensure safer freedom of movement for UNFSIP, UN partners and communities. UNMAS also provides assistance to the Committee on Missing Persons to facilitate safe access to areas it conducts activities and to provide technical guidance to UNFSIP for small arms ammunition storage. Mark, welcome to Outloud and thank you for joining me today. Mark, I saw from the UNMAS website that UNMAS provides direct support and assistance to 21 countries, including Cyprus. I'm sure the risk levels can be quite different depending on the country. Can you please give us an overview about UNMAS's global programmes? For example, I know you served in Somalia before and I know you're in Cyprus now. What are some of the differences and similarities, if any? First of all, yes, thank you for letting me join today. And yes, as you've said, before I came to Cyprus, I was in Somalia. I have worked for UNMAS uh, and the UN for almost 18 years now. Um, so I've worked in, in quite a few of the programmes that we have across the world. And predominantly I've worked in some of the ones that are considered to be the hazardous duty stations as far as the UN is concerned. Um, so it was actually quite a pleasure to come to the family duty station of Cyprus almost four years ago. As you say, UNMAS works in many, many countries. We, we have many different uh, topics that we cover in, in many of those countries. Here, as you've said already, we are looking at the, the threat of the landmines and the explosive remnants of war. In other countries, we are supporting military peacekeepers that are involved with uh, counter-improvised explosive uh, warfare, um, so protecting the, the police as they conduct their duties. While in other countries, it could be something as simple as making sure that those stockpiles or explosives are stored correctly. And so we have many different things as well as victim assistance. There are many different arms and wings to the different uh, topics that UNMAS can cover in, in all of these countries that we work in. Um, so every country is different. The topics are, are very interesting. And, and as you say, at the same time, there are many similarities. So it's very interesting. It's very varied. Um, and as I say, I've enjoyed it for over 18 years and I've been to, to many of the countries that we operate in. Thank you, Mark. Um, we know that in 2019, 18 mine sites, nine from the north and nine from the south, were removed from UNMAS's monitoring database and the areas are now considered mine-free. How many fields are there left on the island or inside the buffer zone? In total, we have a total of 29 areas left in Cyprus and there's a total of four that are inside the buffer zone at the moment. Now, these are all in uh, military controlled areas or within the buffer zone. So it's not something that you can stumble into by accident, if you like. Yeah, I'm sure our audience would be interested to hear about what kind of work UNMAS is doing in Cyprus today. Can you tell us a little bit about the work that you do? Absolutely. And there is no standard day like, like many people in the UN. Quite often I will be spending it in the office reviewing the historical data I have all of the files of the areas that have been cleared already or looked at already. 
Um, and so uh, I may get requests from other organizations such as the Committee for Missing Persons or, or other UN um, agencies. It's a very interesting uh, process that we go through. I will receive a request from the Committee for Missing Persons um, and they will let me know that they have a, an investigation going on in a certain area. Um, and so I will check through the database uh, to see if the area has ever been contaminated or is there's any risk of explosive hazard there. Um, occasionally there has been, um, and so I've, I've gone onto the ground. I've sent the information back to the Committee for Missing Persons, and then they've asked me to attend the investigations. Um, so I've actually gone out into the field, um, met the investigation teams, and I've supported them uh, in the field physically, um, making sure that the area is safe for them to, to conduct their investigations. As far as other organisations, I've not that long ago supported the UNDP. They were doing some reconstruction and as the team that was, was developing or doing the work, uh, they were clearing out an old area that they were going to reconstruct um, and they found some, some military uh, explosives. And so they asked us if I could support or they asked UNFASIP if I could support. Initially, we spoke with the police. The police actually dealt with the explosives. Uh, but I attended to make sure that um, any follow-up action was done uh, to the required international standards and everything went well and it was very well received uh, and everybody was safe and so I then you know spoke again spent some time with the team that was doing the, the reconstruction um, explained to them that you know what hazards they may find what the, the process is that they should follow um, and everything worked out accordingly and, and everybody was safe and the reconstruction was continued so Yes, every day is different with, with each organisation. So every now and then I will you know, go out with these agencies and I will sit there with that organisation while they work in particular areas because there, there has been uh, mines or explosives in that area before. And so I will you know, work with that, that team to ensure that they are confident that there are no mines or no hazards while they're working there. Other days I can be you know, supporting the, the SRSG, the force commander, giving them advice on you know, what options we can put forward for confidence building measures um, and options so that we can try and facilitate further clearance of these areas. Um, I could be training with peacekeepers, with the military peacekeepers or the um, United Nations police. So as I say, there, there is no standard day. At the moment, I'm also spending a lot of time because of the, the, the weather at this time of year with the rains and the snow in some areas. Um, I quite often will go and check some of the patrol tracks um, where they flood or where they get covered in, in snow and, and different areas. Um, I will check to make sure there's no mines or no explosives on them to make sure it's safe for the patrols that go out. Um, yeah, you, me you mentioned, sorry to, sorry to interrupt you, you yeah. mentioned um, providing the training and I'm sure that's an important part of your work, but why is it important to train peacekeepers? As I'm sure you can imagine, you know, in a lot of the countries that some of our peacekeepers come from or our, our police come from, um, there isn't a threat of mines or explosives and certainly not one that they can come into contact with every day. So it's vitally important that we ensure that, that they're trained and they understand where they can get the information from, what the hazards actually are, you know, how they can identify a hazardous area or a non-hazardous area, um, who to contact should anything happen and, and what the process is should they find themselves in an, you know, inside an area that they think to be hazardous. So it's, it's, it is part of their, you know, it can be part of their daily routine to make sure that they fully understand the areas that they're working in. Mm -hmm. I mean, today it's estimated that 
more than 7,000 anti-personnel and anti-tank mines still remain in the grounds across the island, affecting 2 million square metres of land. And we know that landmines do not become inactive with age. If anything, they become more unstable over time. If someone by any chance came across an old remnant of war, how, would, how should they proceed? It's the same for everybody. Uh, contact the, the local police and let the police know um, and then obviously there's a process in place to make sure it's dealt with. If it's within the buffer zone, um, then it's the UN police and then I'm informed and I will investigate initially. But quite often, as I say, it will go to the local police. Okay, if they, I mean, if they stumbled across a landmine, they found themselves in the middle of a landmine. I don't know how common that would be, but if something like that happened, they should obviously just what, not move. <laughs> I don't know what. Yes, I mean, the, the, the hazardous areas are marked. So as you say, it's it's you know very, very difficult for you to stumble into an area. And so, as I say, if, if they do stumble into an area that they believe could be hazardous, then yes, they should stand still and then make sure that everybody is aware of, you know, if they're in a group, make sure that everybody else is aware of, of the situation. Um, and then, as I say, inform the police um, at the earliest opportunity. Yeah. Thank you. Any messages that you would like to give to our audience as this month we're marking Mine Awareness Day on the 4th of April? Internally to the to the team at Unforship, I would like to say thank you very much. The SRSG Force Commander, the, the good officers are, are all very supportive of UNMAS and the work that we do here in Cyprus. There's another point that I would also like to make um, that is particular to Cyprus. I don't know if you, but I know hopefully some of your listeners will remember that eight years ago, um, we had Daniel Craig come to visit Cyprus mm -hmm. uh, on his first trip as the Global Advocate for Mine Action um, mm -hmm. when he introduced um, one of the international topics that we were looking at at the time, safe ground, which was turning minefields into playing fields. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, this year, Daniel Craig has said he will be stepping down as the Global Advocate. And so that's, that's one of the... And then finally, the year 2023, as far as the international mine awareness and assistance in Mine Action Day is concerned. Mine Action can't wait. The United Nations Mine Action community will commemorate the International Mine International Day for Mine Awareness and Assistance for Mine Action on the 4th of April under the theme Mine Action Cannot Wait. This is an overarching goal and we will bring attention to the areas of the world that remain contaminated after many years and where generations have changed their lives to avoid the threat. So please, wherever you can, you know, take a be aware of, of these uh, events that are going on around the world um, and support wherever you can and stay safe. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. I totally agree. Mine Action cannot wait. Thank you for joining me today, Mark. I'm sure our listeners also enjoyed the conversation. And that brings us to the end of this edition of our Out Loud podcast. Until next time, stay safe.